Hi, this is Russ with Dynamic Discipleship from the Ministry of Shatter the Darkness. And I hope that you've been looking into the earlier sessions. And if you're a new believer in Christ, or if you're a believer who's uh, never really felt that you've had the foundations of your Christian life really built. Because really, truly, when we get saved, God wants us to know about the, um, the depth of that salvation. We're not to neglect or ignore such a great salvation. I mean, think about it for a moment. Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, rose from the dead, ascended back into heaven. 2,000 years later, we know that he's alive and that you received him into your life. And that now the living Christ dwells in you. So many things happen at the moment of salvation. I mean, I could just list so many things off offhand. Uh, you've been freed from Satan's ownership. You've been freed from the rule and reign uh, of the law of sin in your life. Christ has come into your life. He's given you a new nature, a new power, a new destiny. You have a whole new relationship with God the Father. You have tremendous potential, not only in the development of your life, but the leading and guidance and all the promises of God. So when... I, I share with you that salvation changes everything. Truly it does. And the living Jesus, all of the truth, all of the promises, everything that we're talking about is uh, coming uh, from Him and through Him. And it's because of being in Him that you now have uh, these incredible blessings. And I remember one of the Psalms that says that we're to... Um, um, to not to forget all the benefits and the blessings that God has given us. And there's even a great hymn in the hymn book that I remember singing 30 years ago. And when I heard about it, it was something that caused me to remember again and again and again what God has done in my life. And uh, count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God has done. So, my dear friend, whether you're a brand new believer or whether you're a Christian that just is looking for, uh, uh, again, affirmation, confirmation about uh, the salvation that you have. Now, let me tell you that's, what's really important about this series is that uh, when we say dynamic discipleship, now that comes from the Greek word uh, dunamis. Salvation is the power of God, the dunamis of God. Uh, where we now have the power of God, the dunamis of God dwelling within us. So it really, salvation uh, is about the power of God exercised into our lives. But it's all because of what Jesus has done. Even uh, when we, uh, even at the at the time the Lord Jesus returns, it's going to be the expression of the power of God that uh, changes us in the twinkling of an eye, in a flash, in a moment. So I want to share with you session three in Dynamic Discipleship Series, simply how to know what happened at salvation. Over the years, I've led many people to Christ one-on-one, -on -one, just sharing Jesus and sharing the gospel, because there's so many people out there yet to get saved. Our family members, I led my grandmother to Christ, my father to Christ. Um, I led uh, other relatives uh, to the Lord Jesus. And it's been a tremendous thing over the years. And see, I'm so excited when somebody gets saved uh, because I already know what it is that is going to be occurring in their life. The reception of the living Christ, the love of God, the changes that will occur, the forgiveness and uh, the healing and uh, the deliverance and all that's offered. So I just... Um, encourage you to look at the web page also maybe you've gotten this on cd and somebody gave it to you as an encouragement and i i, I pray to god that you'll uh, give it to other friends and uh, for some reason if you're a person that's just kind of looking into all these things and you're not even saved that's all right i'm glad you're here and uh, we prayed ahead of time that god would lead and get this message out even to those who uh, have not yet come to christ and all I want to share with you is this, simply that truly God loves you. God really loves you and He has a great plan. So as you listen to what happens uh, to those who receive Christ, what happens at the moment of salvation, maybe it's going to be some of the things you know you need to have in your life. 
But for those who are saved, those who know Jesus now, those that just know that God loves you and you love Jesus now, and it's a brand new thing. Listen, when I got saved, it was so new to me, I wasn't raised in church. I didn't know anything about the Bible. And uh, I just wanted to consume and read and study, and I didn't know what to do. And really, truthfully, nobody came to me right away and just you know, took me under their wing or, or really wanted to get the Word of God into my life. So for me, it was kind of random, just studying what I could and reading and getting this and that. But it's like everything I got, man, I just put into my life because I wanted to grow um, in that salvation. I wanted to know more about Jesus, know about, more about the, the Christian life. I wanted to know more about all that God had to say and all that God... Look, it's a big book, the Word of God, uh, that has been selected over 1,600 years. Forty different writers were led by God to give selective biblical revelation that you and I could be taught, encouraged, inspired, that God would uh, reveal so many things that we can uh, uh, take hold of. And uh, God will encounter you, even in this session, as you hear the Word of God, as you look up Scriptures. And let me tell you something, and maybe you've got this in your car, in your iPod, or somewhere else, and that's tremendous. But I want to encourage you again, get some 3 by 5 cards or get the kind that's on a ring um, to where you can write down memory verses and take them with you. And I'll be having a session coming up. You can maybe go to it even now on how to memorize scripture and why. And you could be doing that right now and just learning how to verse, you know, just one verse at a time and uh, just begin to, you know, speak the, the scripture verse out phrase by phrase and then learning to memorize it word perfect and uh, think through it and pray through it and ask the Lord to reveal all the meaning of it to you and have it in your life and respond to it and obey it, believe it, and so forth. And you're going to find the power of the Word of God operative in your life. Well, how are you anyway? I don't know what you're going through in your life right now, but I know one thing that even at the hearing of this, God is so incredibly uh, supernatural, I mean so far beyond us, that even listening to this on an iPod or a CD or over the web by somebody who might have prayed a year ago, uh, that it had set this whole thing up a year ago, one thing I know for sure, the prayer that I pray right now will be a blessing and benefit for you. Father, I pray right now for the listener. And I'm going to ask you to just bless them today. Uh, just let your spirit fall upon them in strength and renewing them and blessing them with the benefits of their salvation and uh, the salvation that's in Christ. Even with this little bit of information I'm pouring out to them, you've got so much to pour into them. So wherever they're at, whatever they're going through, I'm going to pray that you'll just tailor everything here and speak into their life and minister their life. And perhaps if there's even one person out there that gets this, that doesn't even know Jesus yet, that they'll feel the love, God, that you have for them, that they'll see that Jesus died for them, that they'll give their hearts to Jesus. And uh, that's all you need to do is just, you know, repent of sin and turn to Christ and ask Him to come into your life and accept Him and surrender to Him and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you can be saved. Well, for those that are saved, Father, I pray for them that you will strengthen them. And I'm confident that you who began a great work in their life will carry it on to completion. So I thank you right now that you're with them wherever they are because you never leave or forsake us. I thank you that uh, you're operating in their life and uh, I am praying that you will just uh, just refresh them in their salvation. Just let them have the joy of their salvation. Deliver them from the work of the enemy who tries to steal so many things. Let them know that if they've stumbled in some way, they can get right back up again and, uh, and embrace you, that you're waiting for them, and that you're always there waiting. And sometimes, Father, I know that when we don't even feel your presence, doesn't matter. The Word of God is true. You never leave us. You never forsake us. You never depart. You're always there dwelling within us and upon us. And you're with us. And uh, I just pray that you'll bless us today in uh, comprehending some of the great salvation. I pray in Ephesians chapter 1 where it says that you might give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we might know Jesus even better. I pray like Ephesians chapter 3 that out of your glorious riches you will strengthen us with power in the inner person that Christ would dwell in our lives, live in our lives.
by faith that we can comprehend, understand, and take in the love of God, that we can be filled to the full measure of the fullness of God. Father, I just pray that for those listening right now and wherever they may be and whenever this may come about, I know that you can attend to them. And I would encourage you, dear Christian, to pray the same way and just thank the Lord and give praise to Him. Listen, I put down a psalm for you in the very beginning, Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Now may I encourage you, praise the Lord, thank the Lord, give thanks to Him. And pour out your thanksgiving and never be ashamed to give thanks to God. Never be ashamed to bless Him and to speak it out. When you speak it out and you say it strongly also in your life. Uh, even in the, in the book of Psalms, you're going to see sometimes where it talks about shout unto God with the voice of triumph. It's not just about making noise. Literally, as you sing praises and worship God and give praise to Him, it literally strengthens you. It, it doesn't remind God who He is or what He said. He knows all that. But it does remind you. It reminds you when you're singing praise songs and worshiping the Lord. It also brings His presence to a sense of uh, a felt presence. We call it the manifest presence of God. And man, what a tremendous thing. Just to begin to praise Jesus. When I got saved, sometimes I'd be in my car and I'd just close my eyes for a moment sitting there somewhere. And I'd begin to say, Jesus, I thank you. I don't know everything to do to praise you. I don't know how to sing. I've never been a singer. But Lord Jesus, uh, I just, I'm just going to thank you. And there's a song I heard on Sunday. Uh, and I might just begin to sing part of a song. Now, after all these years, I have so many praise songs and hymns in my heart that uh, I can sing them here and there. And again, I encourage you like I did in the earlier sessions. Get some of the uh, Hosanna praise tapes or the Vineyard praise CDs and just use them in your worship time. Get before the Lord and, and learn the songs. Because I'm going to tell you something. I want to surprise you right now. You don't have to wait till Sunday to fellowship with God, to uh, feel the presence and power of God as you worship and uh, as you pray. Uh, you don't have to wait till Sunday to try to lead somebody to Christ and share your testimony and to be, be a blessing to somebody at work or at home. You don't have to wait till Sunday to get uh, just charged up and, and, and to be on fire for the Lord. Uh, Sunday is where is our privilege uh, and we should be there on a Sunday worshiping the Lord and gathering with saints and hearing the Word of God. But uh, let me tell you something. God never called any of us to be a spectator. He hasn't called us to sit back and just watch. And uh, we're not like, it's like, just don't treat God like a television and that you got a flipper in your hand and you just, you just sit back and just kind of spectate and watch. This is a relationship, my friend. Christian, this is a relationship in which you are in fellowship with the living God and you have the right to come and worship Him and come before the throne of grace. Oh, we're going to hear so many things here. And may I simply take a moment to mention to you one of my most favorite devotional writers of all times. One of the most powerful ones that I know, Andrew Murray. Uh, if you ever get to read his life story, please do so. Great man of God. Uh, prayed for revival. Revival came. So many great experiences of the Lord, but he was known to be just so deep in the Lord and deep in the Word of God and fellowship, and yet he was so filled with the Spirit of God and such a powerful believer. But I just uh, want to encourage you that if you can get a hold of God's best secrets, Andrew Murray gives a little daily, you can just keep it in your car at work or wherever else, as an extra little thing to read over. And I'm just going to encourage you that a little devotional book like that uh, will be a tremendous benefit to your personal life. And may I tell you something to do as a Christian? You know what a joy is? One time I, had a, I, I, I wanted so bad uh, to be a giver. I wanted to give something. I had a, I had a brand new Bible that, you know, that cost a you know, good, good amount of money. And uh, I knew this person that needed one. And somebody else had given me another one. And I had a third one already. And so one uh, morning I got up early and went to this restaurant and found this friend. And I just, I just took it to give to them and let them know I brought them a gift. And they were so blessed, I gave it to them. Let me encourage you to do something. Maybe you know a Christian friend somewhere. If you're going to order God's Best Secrets, a tremendous, tremendous devotional study guide, um, buy a second one. Buy an extra one. 
and uh, give it away and watch as God blesses you. You're going to find a verse sooner or later. It says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive in our in our relations with other people. Well, I just want to encourage you because there's so many things we can do to grow. Let me tell you something. So many Christians in America, uh, they have waited. They didn't get, they didn't get the foundations uh, when they began to grow. There are so many Christians that are 15 and 20 years old as a believer that might not even understand some of the things on this third session. And that is a very sad thing. That means they've gone you know, 15 years possibly uh, not having the great foundation. Listen, God has given you a great foundation in Christ. It's all yours. You have received, but now is to take in what it is you have received. Uh, And let God strengthen everything and let your life be built on the living, active, powerful Word of God. And your life in one year's time, in one year alone, you become you can become a powerful, powerful servant of God and do great things for the Lord. You don't have to wait till you're 15 years into being a Christian. Uh, you don't have to wait down the road. You can start now. That's where God wants you to start right now. He's always ready. He's ready to save, ready to cause us to grow. So listen, if you get before Him on a daily basis, He's going to be there to meet you and give. There's a scripture in, in the book of uh, James, maybe you've already read it, chapter 4, where it talks about submit to God and resist the devil. Then it says this, come near to God. And the scripture says, and He will come near to you. So I want to encourage you that as you come near to God in personal fellowship, that as you go before the Lord to uh, worship and pray and get into the Word of God, that He's going to come near to you, He's going to minister. If you want to get taught, if you want to grow, if you want to be equipped, if you want to be a believer that it really, really has the the knowledge and the depth uh, of understanding and uh, solid foundations in your Christian life, then you can have them. It's all there before you. It really is. You think of the Christian that might once a month get into their Bible and look at a verse or two. And then compare that to you, that you might be getting every day, getting a verse here, getting a verse there, taking this lesson, maybe using it all during the week, and uh, just one lesson alone, or consuming one lesson in one day, and go on to the next lesson, and the next lesson, and the next lesson. We have such an opportunity, but let me tell you something, don't let the enemy, don't let laziness steal your time. You've got to give God time to speak into you. He's wanting to. He's wanting to build you. And so we're told that we're to grow up in our salvation now that we've tasted the Lord is good, that we're to grow in grace and knowledge. And uh, so that's what uh, I am here uh, feeling urged by the Holy Spirit of God Himself to encourage, uh, again, whether you're a new believer You might be one of those believers that's 15 years old and you say, well, you know what? I now want the foundations. Well, good, because they're all there for you and uh, God will do more in your life in the next six months than maybe the last six years if you'll give Him the opportunity. So, let's take a look at some of the things. Here's what I have on the the notes that you have if you're... And again, you can you can print these off. They come out really good when you print and keep them with you. Or you can just read them off the, the web as you're listening to this podcast. It, and really, the notes are meant to go with the teaching portion so that um, we do. We learn better as we're looking. Matter of fact, if you listen, you learn. But if you listen and read and look uh, on paper like this or on these printed notes, you learn even better. And if you write notes with a pencil and so forth, you learn even better. So this is why we're saying, don't just kick back. You know what? Have a little zeal. Have a little passion. Have a little commitment. Get ready, man. Uh, Get everything else out of the way. Just, this is God. This is Christ who gave everything for you. And who would not, once they've been saved, not want to get closer to the Christ who not only saved you, who's with you, but preparing a place for you and one day coming to take you to be with him. What an amazing thing. On the notes, here's what it says. So many things occurred at the moment of salvation that it takes some time to discover all the benefits that are included with and because of salvation. We are told in Hebrews 2.3 not to ignore. Some translations say neglect. Such a great salvation. Salvation changes everything. God sees you different now that you're saved. 
Uh, see what the Word of God says. Now listen, in Colossians 1.21, uh, once you were alienated from God, and, were, and literally we were enemies. The Bible says we were separated from God. But look at verse 22. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death. Him on the cross. To present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Listen, to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. So I want to encourage you. And I'm encouraged. You know, when I teach these, I'm encouraged myself to remember these same truths again. I never get tired of going over them. Never get tired. And even as a believer, there's times that I just, I know I'm getting refreshed. I'm getting refreshed as I go over them. I'm being reminded. The book of 1 Peter, uh, you'll find out someday that in the first chapter alone, at least four or five times, the Holy Spirit's leading Peter to tell the Christians to be reminded, to refresh their memory, to uh, go over the truths again. And uh, you'll never, never, you're going to find out that they never get old. And uh, we thank the Lord that when we have them in our lives, then when we go through tough things, we ask the Lord, speak to me, God. He can remind you of what you've learned. He can remind you of what's already there. Well, let's look at some things. What happened at salvation? Now, let me tell you something. What happens at birth? Listen, when my, when my daughter was born... I was the most excited man. I was I literally shouted out because I was I was allowed to be in that room. My daughter was born and I screamed out, It's a girl, you know, and the doctor looked and they all kind of laughed and they were, uh, all of them were excited for me. And they've done this so many times, hundreds of times, you know, they've been there in the uh in the in the in there delivering the babies. And I, they were, I was so excited. The doctor, after they checked everything and counted the fingers and toes, they wrapped my daughter up and everything. And they allowed me to take her immediately and hold her and then bring her over to my wife. And my little daughter was born. And it was such a great joy. I cannot tell you that, 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 of the joy that I had. But you know what? She, at that moment, didn't yet comprehend. And I don't even know now, after 16 years, whether she totally understands how much her dad loves her. And I'm going to tell you something. When you were born into the kingdom, when you were born again, God the Father, the Bible says, all heaven rejoices. God rejoices. And uh, He has more joy of you entering into His family, being His personal child, than you can imagine. That He is so glad, that He is so filled and ex and just absolutely you know jubilant over your life now as a believer can i tell you something everybody in that room all my family they knew how much i waited for that child i loved that child and 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 i believe after all these years even as a human even as just a mere human i think people have seen a dad that loved his child and and cares for his child to this very day and I want you to know something, no matter, you know, whether you're a Christian one week or uh, uh, 10 years, uh, God loves you and he'll always love you. And here's what, here's what begins to happen at that new birth. At the moment of salvation, the number one thing we need to know is that Christ entered into our life at that moment. And when you study Romans chapter 8, you're going to see that it's Christ who's in you, that there's the indwelling presence of God, that he's literally within you. You're going to find this out in Titus chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. When you read words like uh, we, the, that, we, that we've been uh, given new birth and uh, a renewal as the Holy Spirit has been poured out on us when we receive Christ, you're going to see some of the language of that salvation as you study those scriptures. But let me just share one verse with you. That's John's Gospel, 17, verse 26. Jesus, while he's still on earth, praying to the Father, God the Father in heaven, he says this, I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them. Can you imagine that? God the Father's love for God the Son. The incredible, inseparable, eternal love God the Father has for God the Son. And he's saying, literally, Jesus is saying, the love that, that the Father has had for him, the Son, now that same love comes to you. And to me, that just that's amazing. It's amazing that we can be so forgiven, that God would love us so much. And look at the words of Jesus. Then he says, And that I myself 
may be in them. Get quiet just for a moment and hear the words of Jesus. Jesus says, I myself may be in them. I myself may be in them. There's another scripture later in Colossians that says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ lives in you. Christ is in you. He is with you. And He promised in the Great Commission to be with us to the very end of the age. We've been promised that He would never leave us, never forsake us. Hebrews chapter 13. Take a look at that. Memorize this. Simply sit before God, close your eyes, and say, Lord, I, I'm just taking it in. This is, this is the Word of God. Don't let any feelings, don't let the devil, don't let anybody. Listen, you take the Word of God in and you affirm and appropriate, you affirm, I count this as true, because it is, that Christ Himself is living in me. Oh Lord, thank you. I acknowledge Christ in me, the hope of glory. I acknowledge Christ in all of my life as a believer. You'll never leave me. Never leave me. Christ in me, the hope of glory by the Holy Spirit. Well, that's number one. More than anything else I can share with you, that the living Christ is dwelling in your life. God is in your life, my friend. And uh, you're a temple now of uh, the Spirit of God. And uh, you're in fellowship. And nobody can take that away from you. You can read that in Romans chapter 8, which we've got listed here, that nothing in heaven and earth, and I've mentioned this already before, nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ. God loves you more than any person can hate you. God loves you more than any person can be bitter against you. God loves you more than anybody can despise you. God loves you more than the devil could hate you. God loves you more than you know you're loved. But I'm just saying, take the Word of God in. And uh, you'll feel and know the incredible love. May God make it known as we acknowledge Christ in me, the hope of glory. Well, here's some of the foundational things that occurred at the moment of salvation. I love just sharing these four things all the time. I've shared them so many times. I could stand on a street corner and, and share with somebody who's been a Christian for a month and they're, maybe they're having a difficult time. I could share all four of these things. I just know them so well and, and uh, I know them in my own life. As a matter of fact, I can only give you what I know that's in my own life. I can only give you what I have. And uh, you can only give away what God has in your life. And so get all the truth in there, all the foundation. Build your spiritual arsenal. Build your spiritual uh, knowledge of the benefits that you have. Here's the four. Forgiven, freed, fellowship, forever. Here are foundational things. Under A, you are totally forgiven. 1 John 1, 9 talks about if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us. To forgive us. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, everything. And so we're totally forgiven. Now we can read all the way through Scripture. You can go to Romans chapter 3, study chapter 3, chapter 4, and chapter 5. And you're going to see again expressed clearly that in Christ, because of Him, by the blood of Jesus, you have been totally forgiven. And that's what it's all about. Because the barrier before uh, God was our sin. It was a barrier that we had. And Jesus died to take your sin away. He became a sin offering. Uh, he took all of your personal sins, literally. They were all nailed to the cross when Jesus died. It's as if He absorbed all of them. And He's taken the sins of the whole world. If you read in 1 John chapter 2, verses 1, 2, and 3, that He's not only the, the Bible says, the atoning sacrifice for our sins, but for the sins of the whole world also for the sins of the whole world. So when Jesus died on that old rugged cross, my friend, Jesus Christ is so powerful, so sinless, God in human flesh, He came to die as a substitute in your place, taking all the punishment and uh, being able to just destroy uh, sin and its penalties and death and Satan and all of it so that um, He has the absolute right to give you, based on what He's done for you, 
You can't do it yourself. All you can do is receive the gift of forgiveness. You've been totally forgiven, friend. Brother and sister in Christ, you've been totally forgiven. Every ugly, filthy, ungodly thing we've ever done, totally forgiven and uh, washed and completely clean before God. Number two, or B, you are totally freed. Now, I'll talk about this more in a moment, but freed from the power of sin over your life. As a lost person, that sin nature, I call it the sin code, was inside of us. And when you study Romans chapter 8, you're going to see what I mean. That the law of sin and death operated. You're either in and under the law of sin and death, or you're you're in and under the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. If you think again of two circles, you're in one or the other. You can't be in both. You're in one or the other, according to Romans chapter 8. And uh, you're either unsaved, still under the power of the law of sin and death, or you're saved now. And I assume so many of you listening are saved. That means that you are not only in Christ and you have been totally forgiven, but the power of that new birth and the application of what Jesus did has broken chains inside of you, the sin nature, even if you study Romans chapter 6. Every time you're going to read that this, the bot, that sin nature has been rendered powerless, that you've been set free from sin. Matter of fact, if you study in Romans chapter 6, you're going to read this. Um, to count yourself dead to sin and alive to, and alive to God. It says to, to count yourself dead to sin and alive to God. Why? Because you are. Because now as a believer in Jesus Christ, you can say it out loud. Go ahead and say it out loud. I have been set free. I'm freed from the control and power and the have to of sin. I don't have to. Now, if I stumble, that's another issue. But I don't have to. Why? Because I have been freed from the power of that sin nature. And I've been given a new nature that, uh, that moves me to do one thing, to live for Christ. And that's all you got to do. Just step out and keep living for Jesus. But at this point right now, just accept, Lord Jesus, I accept I've been freed from the power and the control of sin over my life. Well, let's continue. You're also living in, you're, you're living in fellowship with Jesus. And when you read Hebrews 4.16, you're going to read about how we can come with confidence. God says, come before Him. It's a throne of grace. This is Jesus. Come before Him every single day, wherever you are. It doesn't matter if you're on a bus, if you're in your office, if you shut the door in your office room sometime for five minutes and just say, Lord, I come to have fellowship. Fellowship is from the Greek word, the original Greek of the New Testament, quantania, having a joint partnership with Jesus, having a time of uh, personal interaction. And so Hebrews 4, 16 tells you, uh, and God calls you to come. You're allowed to come. He wants you to come and uh, to fellowship and seek Him and to let Him know what's going on in your life. And then D, the other four of these foundations is this. You have all of this forever. 1 John five thirteen. if you've not already memorized this, this is one of the great verses to memorize. That uh, the scripture is, you know, he's writing to those who have been saved, that they might know that they have eternal life. And so there's a, a word just simply of confidence that God wants to give you. If you read 1 John 5, 11, 12, and 13 in context, you're going to see tremendous promises and statements of fact from God for you. And, first, and also in John's Gospel, the entire chapter, it begins with Jesus saying that He's going to go away and prepare a place and He's going to come back again. My friend, it's forever. God gave you the gift of everlasting life, of eternal life, uh, that we are going to have uh, the promise of immortality. That even, you know, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. If any man believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And so this gift of salvation... Uh, what you have right now is a gift of eternal life and that you know for sure you have it forever. Well, let me take you to the second point. And if any time you need to turn it off and just wait a while or look up the scriptures, man, just get interactive. Just get interactive. Maybe again, someone there's some people that write me and say, you know what, I just lay on my bed at night listening. Well, that's good too. Well, so many people take it and put it in their, you know, make a CD or they have it in a, one of those iPods and, you know, they're listening to it on the way to work or they're listening to it at work. And that's tremendous. Um, you can listen to it again and again as far as again, but focus on the scripture and the truths and so forth. And, uh, you know, again, try to memorize. 
Well, I'm going to go through a number of things that salvation includes. Now, I didn't, I didn't on your on the web page. Uh, you're going to have to take your own Bible and look these up. Now, listen. When I first got saved, I worked at a great big condominium complex, and I was there to set up all the model homes and or model you know condominiums and and paint them and fix them up and get them all looking perfect for you know buyers coming through and. There's times that when I had my break time, you know what I'd do? I'd just take my lunch and, and sit sit in one of those places by myself. I'd open up my little Bible I had in my back pocket, and I'd look at scripture verses that I heard or ones that I'm looking for, ones that I wanted to memorize. And Man, that's when I'd have some fellowship with God. So once again, take some of these verses, write them out, or take the pages as you've printed them out, and take them with you and, uh, and just simply uh, you know, continue to go over the scriptures. And look them up. Well, you have a new position, a new power, a new nature, new promises, new destiny, new purpose, new things to learn, new things to do, and new places to go. Let me just touch on them real quickly. You have a new position. You stand before God so clean, so justified, so right, that you're now clearly uh, adopted. You have the spirit of adoption in you, and God just sees you as His. I love 1 John 3.1. Look how much love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. And uh, that's an exciting thing to think about. A new position, uh, completely forgiven before God, and uh, in a new relationship. He loves you, you're His child, and uh, nobody can change that. A new position. B, a new power. Dwelling in you is the power of God to live out the new Christian life. This is one of those verses that I've known and I keep repeating at times in my life when I've ever felt weak or tired or whatever else. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. His, and I'm just repeating this right off from my heart. I'm not looking anywhere. I'm just repeating this. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Now let me mention two things. Life, referring to the Christ-like life. To live the Christ-like life. Godliness, meaning the the ability to be devoted to God and, and to be committed to God. Notice again, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Through our knowledge of Him. This is so tremendous. Through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. When you receive Jesus, a new power is dwelling in you. Just acknowledge, God, there's forever. It's, it's a, a, the presence and power of God stays in you forever. The, it, dwelling in you. And it's emphasized in the original Greek of the New Testament. And I love it in the English too when it says simply this, His divine power has given you everything you need to live and, and to be devoted to God. So, Know that verse well. Think through that verse and rejoice in that verse. You also see you got a new nature. The sin code is broken and a new operating code. Now, I'm not saying temptation won't come. Yes, we'll talk about that down the road, how to deal with it. You don't have to sin. Now, sometimes when we get tempted or whatever, we, we, we stumble. And First John chapter 2 is all about that. But I'm not talking about that right now. I'm dealing with the fact that indwelling in you is a whole new nature, a whole new code of... Uh, dwelling your life the sin nature or code uh spoke one thing to lead you deeper into sin it was really you know real and operative in every lost person's life but when you receive christ that sin code is broken and a new operating code or nature uh, of life is in you and so romans 8 chapter chapter 8 verse 2 the law of the spirit of life in christ jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Again, taking that in, studying that, reading it, going over it, awesome promise. Awesome uh, reality, rather. Under D, new promises. God has given you all that He is and all that He's promised. Now listen, if you study 2 Corinthians chapter 1, it's specifically verse 20, you're going to find out that it tells you that all the promises of God, no matter how many He's made all through the Bible, they're all yours. They're all yours. Ask, you shall receive. Seek, you shall find. Knock, and the door will be open. Listen, whatever promise you find, now in Christ, 
They're all yes. They're all yours. Every promise of God is yours. That's an amazing thing to think through and to wonder about. Take it before the Lord and, and ask Him to remind you of other promises. Promises like He'll never leave you. Promises that He'll guide you. Promises that He'll be with you. Promises that He's going to come again. Promises that He'll uh, answer prayer. So many things, my dear friend. What a tremendous, tremendous uh, joy. Now let's also mention E, a new destiny. Your future has been changed both now and forever. And I just encourage you to read 1 Peter 1, where it talks about that we have, um, we have secured for us in heaven an inheritance that will never fade. It'll never, it'll never, you know, never become, it'll never go away. Uh, what is promised for us is, is there forever. And the new destiny we have and the inheritance we have uh, is incredible. Yes, you have a new destiny right now because God's living in your life and He's got a new way for you to live. Uh, so your whole life can be different than the way it used to be. And uh, God wants it to be. Now, you might not know all of it yet, but as you study along the way, you're going to see Jesus says, take up the cross and follow me. You know, and so many things as you begin to learn and grow, as, as you begin to obey God, you're going to see Him open other doors in your life. As you stay obedient to Jesus, you're going to see in your personal life right now, as God will move you from you know, day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, a new destiny, new things that He wants you to do. And uh, we'll see that too. But then that destiny ultimately is forever. Listen, we only get to live a short time here. We're talking about you know, 60, 70, 80 years here as in comparison to forever. Listen, my friend, I'm going to say it again. You're going to live forever. Immortality. And uh, you're going to be alive. And we're going to be, oh, there's going to be so much to it. But uh, we'll learn more about that as we go. F, a new purpose. God has a plan for you. And new goals to live for. Now, when you read in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, most people quote chapter 2, verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith, and that not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Grace is completely the gift of God. You can only receive it. You can't earn it. You can't earn it. You can only accept the totality of this grace. It's the only way. Notice verse 9. Not by works so that no one can boast. But verse 10 concerning new purpose. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know what? God already prepared things long before you got saved. The whole life in Christ, God, who knows all your future, who's infinite, who knows the beginning from the end, He has no beginning and no ending. You can't measure God. And God knows it all. He knows all the things going on in your life right now, dear friend. And so you can bow before Him and say, Lord, thank You for all the new destiny and new promises and new nature and new power and new position. Well, let me tell you something. H says, here on these notes, we have new things to learn. 1 Corinthians seven, chapter 2, rather, verse 7-16, through 16, that God has given us the Holy Spirit, that in our own minds, in our own, you know, nobody's conceived it on their own. That God has progressively, progressively revealed things in the Old Testament, and now the fulfillment of that has come. And uh, other than heaven itself, you know, more revelation of God in a fallen world has been given now than ever in history. Since the fall of the human race, we have more revelation of God, more knowledge of God than uh, ever in all of history from the beginning uh, since the fall of the human race. And uh, when we get to heaven, can, can, you, can you imagine what we're going to you know, learn there? God wants you to learn. And uh, look at all the scriptures. Look at all the things. We, have you read all the Psalms, 150 Psalms? Have you read all the book of Proverbs about wisdom and living on, by the wisdom and, and discipline and, and knowledge of God? Have you read all four Gospels and seen uh, how Jesus is painted and, and portrayed in each one of those Gospels? So keep learning and keep growing. It's all yours. Uh, the Spirit of God's been given to you that you might know the things uh, freely given to us in Christ. So it's all for you to know. 
And then there's new things to do, and we already mentioned that also. Colossians chapter 3, we're to clothe ourselves with Christ, with compassion, and you know all the different things that we're to begin to walk out in our life as a believer. And uh, things for us to do, to learn to forgive people, and to love people, and to help people, and to feed people, and so many things. And also to become a witness for Christ, and a prayer warrior, and on and on and on. So new things to do. And then I'm going to mention this under J, new places to go. God will lead your life, and this may include new places. In other words, as you step out to follow Jesus, in the Great Commission even, even serving Jesus, you're going to find out that God will open doors. He might even give you a job somewhere because He knows you're going to be a witness and lead somebody at that place to Christ. He may put you in a college. He have, has, has you in a neighborhood. And, uh, and He's leading you places, taking you places, so that you can share your testimony and share Christ with everybody else around you. Well, I want you to see how quick things are going. We're already 45 minutes into this session. And I've just mentioned uh, A through J. New position, new power, new nature, new promises, new destiny, new purpose, new friends, new things to learn, new things to do, and new places to go. This is the life Christ um, has won for us at the cross. This is the life that God is beginning to operate into your life. And so don't neglect, don't ignore such a great salvation. Now let me mention three big words in Scripture. You're going to hear this, you're going to hear people say justification, sanctification, glorification. Maybe someday, if you study uh, systematic theology, some basic things, great definitions uh, will be given. I'm not going to go into great big definitions here, but let me say, say simply this. It simply comes down to meaning this. Justified, you have been saved. Sanctified, or sanctification, you are being saved. And glorification, uh, you will be, and that's the ultimate of salvation, the goal of salvation. So on your printed notes, or on the notes that you're looking on the web, I am also giving you where you can say, you can click those scriptures, like justification will take you to Romans chapter 5. Sanctification will take you to Second Peter chapter 2. Glorification will take you to 1 Corinthians 15. And again, we're only touching on some. Justification is such a big thing. Sanctification and glorification, they're such big things. The simplicity is this. Justification occurs at the very moment of salvation. It's, the simple thing is saying this. It's just as if you had never sinned. Romans chapter 5, God has declared you righteous. You, you've been declared justified in the presence of God. On the basis of what Jesus did, you have been declared by God completely justified. Not because of anything you've done. It's not because you've made up any sins. Not because you've outweighed your, your, your bad things by doing good things. None of that. That's all works related. And God won't count that. Jesus did it all for you. Just as if you have never sinned in your life. You are so clean by justification through Jesus. You can't get any cleaner as far as positionally. God has declared you justified, just as if you'd never sinned in your life. You are saved and right before God. You have peace. You have fellowship with God. You, God sees you as, as clean as Christ himself. You know why? Because the righteousness of Christ has been applied to you. Like a coat that you put on, you've been cloaked with his righteousness. You've been given his. The Bible will tell you in 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians on this, this issue, that uh, we become the righteousness of God in Christ. And it's incredible. And it can only be received as a gift because He did it for you. Now, sanctification begins at the moment of salvation. But sanctification is a process. A process of growing. Where you're, What you're doing right now, you're, you're getting more knowledge. Uh, you're beginning to find out certain things in your life. Maybe you used to be a big liar. And now that you've been saved, been forgiven, been justified, now you realize God doesn't want you to lie any longer. So when you all of a sudden realize, you know what, I'm not going to lie ever again. And uh, you begin to just live out truth and always stay truthful and always tell the truth. You know, that's sanctification. In other words, God's purifying your life. He's made you holy, totally holy, 
by the justification, but he's making you holy in practical application in the practice of your life as you're obedient to Jesus. The more obedient you are, the more sanctified you are. Some Christians can go to a revival and maybe they've been living off, not really good, and hear a powerful message and surrender everything to Jesus. Say, Lord, I'm going to stop lying. I'm never going to cuss again. Um, I'm going to quit just you know, neglecting my salvation. You know, sometimes we get a jump in that sanctification process. Sanctification is the process of the dynamic, powerful salvation you have being worked out in your life so that Christ, His power, His love, His life is more experienced in you, lived through you, and seen in you as you continue to grow uh, progressively. And again, some Christians can grow better and faster than others. It's all about how much you take time and get before the Lord and, and literally put the Word of God. There's a parable about this where God sows, you know, the, he, the sower, the, the parable of the sower, where the sower goes out and sows the seed, some on rocky places, some other places. Sometimes some get it and they, they're so worried with life or they're watching TV or they're so busy they can barely grow as a Christian. But some Christians take the Word of God they begin to grow. They begin to obey. They spend time with God. They're worshiping and praying and in the Word, building their lives. They're in church, you know, growing and developing as they should. And they're becoming a witness. They're leading a person to Christ. They're getting answers to prayer. And that's all a demonstration of the salvation that's within you. And uh, you're, you're beginning, you know, to demonstrate all of that powerful salvation that's occurred. So it's all about the sin nature, you know, uh, being, you've been being set free, that you have victory over the, the flesh, the old sin nature, the fallen world, you have victory, you have victory over the devil. That's all seen in the book of 1 John. And again, we're told, and here's the simplicity. Do you want to grow powerfully in the Lord? Just look at again, look at again. A great chapter on this is the Gospel of John chapter 15. And it's all about... You know, being saved, being in the Lord. But you know what the, the issue is? <clears throat> Just be obedient to Jesus. If you're obedient to Jesus, you will not only grow. Obedience means, without question, you will grow in knowledge, grow in your experience of the Lord, grow in the depth of your experience. You will grow and you will literally, you're going to bear fruit for the Lord. You can't help it. If you're, going to, if you're committed to being obedient to all that God is showing you, and you're stepping out to put into practice the Word of God, you're going to grow in your personal experience. You're going to grow in your walk and become more and more Christ-like. And you will become more fruitful. You'll be able to lead people to Jesus. You'll be able to do great things for the Lord. You'll get great prayer answers. So that's all about growing and developing. And, and, all, and, and, he's, and He's provided everything. Everything's provided and you can move forward and you can grow in the Lord powerfully. Well, the last thing here is the idea of, of uh, glorification. And let me tell you something. Justification is by the gift of God and the declaration of God because of what Jesus did for you. It's an event. It's a, it's a, a, a thing that is, is applied to you at the moment of salvation sanctification, the power to grow in the Lord and to become more and more like Him and to do things and uh, uh, is, is been given, deposited in you at the moment of salvation, but it's going to be worked out. You're going to develop and grow and, and so forth. Again, some faster than others, and it's all up to you if you really grow. Listen, if you want to grow and you want to be strong in the Lord and you want to bear great fruit, listen, some get the Word of God and they bear 30 times as much. Some can bear 60 times as much. Some can do a hundred times as much. That just simply tells you that God doesn't show favoritism. He simply lays it out before us, and uh, some of us can pick it up. See, I'm, I've been a Christian over 30 years. You know what? I want to learn more than I've ever, ever wanted to learn. I want to do more, learn more, grow more, all of it, more than ever. Uh, I want to be one of those believers that produce a hundred times as much uh, in my life. And I think that's uh, what God puts in you. You know that that's what the, the presence of the Spirit of God in you is the guarantee of the development of being Christ-like and being obedient and bearing fruit and growing and becoming very powerful for Christ. 
And so that will continue to the very day you die and go home to be with the Lord or the day He returns and uh, catches you up. Now that's glorification. Justification and glorification are both events. Justification begins at the moment of salvation. Glorification um, occurs when Christ returns and the dead in Christ are caught up. This is with the resurrection. Some people call it the rapture. Really, in 1 Thessalonians 4 or 5, if you study that, it's about the catching up of the saints. But in 1 Corinthians 15 is where I've got it spelled out for you. It'll tell you that, um, that that, that, that that we're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. As a matter of fact, for some of you who want to understand some of the deep things of this, the Greek word used there concerning this is comes from where we get the word atomic. That the power of God is literally um, on an atomic level. That the dead, that the, this mortal body will be instantaneously changed and made immortal, will be made unlike, I mean, just like the glorious, uh, glorified body of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. I want you to think this through. You might want to go memorize in Philippians chapter 3, verse 21. Philippians chapter 3, verse 21. You know why? Because that scripture is going to tell you that uh, your body is going to be, your lowly body will be changed and made like unto his glorious body. It's the Greek word metamorphosis. Uh, we're going to be so utterly changed, immortal, absolutely immortal. Justification has purchased your glorification. Let me say something. I hope you think through this. It's not your sanctification that gets you to glorification. In other words, it's not how good you become as a Christian, how many people you win to Christ, how many prayer answers you get. That's all the blessing, and that's all the wonderful things we get to do. Uh, but you don't do those things so that you can make sure you're going to make it into heaven. That's works. We're not. I know I'm going to heaven if I die right now. I know I've been justified by Jesus, that I will be glorified. Sanctification is that glorious, powerful uh, process of uh, being able to live out things and learn things and know and so forth. Uh, prior to that last day. Glorification is so powerful. I'm just mentioning to the, you know this now, justification, sanctification, glorification, because you're going to hear them again and again as a believer. And uh, you need to really understand, you are justified right now. It stays that way. You are being sanctified. God's pushing from the inside out and speaking to you from the outside in and even using this process of a teacher, a discipler, sharing with you and giving you this this is part of saying okay now you're gonna you're learning things and so you can grow and you know it's all part of that process but the process can be powerful dynamic so stay committed you cooperate with god you give him your heart you surrender all you offer yourself to him you get before the lord you study scripture you memorize you put it into practice and you're going to become powerful and uh, strong and someday Someday, all of us will be made uh, like into that glorious body. Well, I'm coming to the end of this uh, session here. This session is just simply going over some of the truths, some of them, only some, of how to know what happened at salvation. And I want to encourage you again to remember, you've been forgiven totally. You've been freed from the power and control of sin. You've been given personal living fellowship forever with God. And it's all forever and never can be taken away from you. Uh, You have a new position, a new power, new nature, new promises, new destiny, new purpose, new friends. New things to learn, new things to do, new places to go in service for the Lord. And um, I just want to encourage you to grow in the Lord uh, daily and, uh, and always get to share Jesus with others. Dear friend, blessings to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. If we never get to meet in this life here, in heaven, look me up, man. And I'd love to see you and, and be glad to hear you listen to one of the sessions. If you got a moment, write me an email. 
Send it to shatterxmail at sbcglobal.net, like on our website, and uh, let me know how you're doing, or if you've gotten saved, or if you've led somebody to Christ. I just trust the Lord who moved me strongly uh, to bring this about for new believers and many of the older believers, that our foundations in Christ be set and that our growing up uh, in the Lord uh, will become very powerful because of the great foundations we have. Blessings to you again in Jesus' name. We are at shatterthedarkness.net on the web.